0: hi you entrepreneurs uh, today we have scott mccarthy he is a, a coach and we've had a, a lot of coaches on this podcast one of the things that i think really differentiates him from a lot of the other coaches we had is his coaching comes from the military we've had some other coaches that have uh, been in the military but for him it was really it pushed him into being a leader he got pushed into a role of being a leader in the military and from there in that structure uh, that kind of made him who he was He's learned to help other people out to get to where they wanted to get to uh, by incorporating the items that he picked up in the military to help people uh, get to where they want to get to. Take a listen. Please subscribe. And of course, tell your friends. Welcome to the road to growth. Success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. And I, you know, I I don't know why you're not pushing out this idea of being a <laughs> leadership officer more. This is, a, that's a great title.
1: Yeah, I, you know, sure. Chief leadership officer. You want to roll with that? I can roll with that. I'm not a big title guy. I just like leadership isn't all about titles and positions and stuff like that. So it doesn't really, you know, come to me, I guess, but I can roll with chief leadership officer for sure. And that's that's how I refer to myself uh, on my podcast. So yeah, chief leadership officer.
0: Well, it's funny. So when, so when I got into some of the... Uh, I run a little small role of real estate team. And when I got into the business, I was like, I'm just going to have a title. I'm just going to be known by Vinny, right? And then I started putting my visual component out there. I got kind of talked into it. So you're the kind of the opposite direction. You have a lot of content out there, but you don't want that, that, that title yet.
1: Yeah. Just the way it goes, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, so walk me through, uh, what, what you do, what's your company?
1: Right. So I run uh, moving for leadership, which is a, uh, leadership consulting and coaching, uh, company. Well, myself really. <clears throat> and, uh, I put a, put out my own podcast. I coach clients. I have a online course for goal setting and goal achievement for individuals. So that's basically, that's pretty much it. And, and a quick lowdown, I can do talks. I can do one-on-one coaching and, uh, yeah, I can do, uh, and I also do um, uh, little group seminars as well.
0: Oh, nice! I mean, it it sounds like you have a pretty good good package together of kind of organized with having the the the, the online stuff, the group coaching, kind of the booklets, all that kind of thing. And I'm guessing that plays out to where you came from in your your background in the military, correct?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely uh definitely had a huge influence for sure my background. And, and the reality is I'm still serving, so I need that flexibility to both do this on the side and and continue my my day-to-day job, which is a senior Canadian army officer. So I need that flexibility, right? I need to be able to do uh the online thing. And most of my coaching, my one on one coaching, actually all of it is is via online, you know, just like a video conferencing that we're doing now because that gives me the flexibility to talk to the person get them through their their, whatever they're going through and as well provide that you know feedback and i also provide the videos after the fact too so so they can come back and refer to it so it helps that if i need to do something in face and that's where the group thing comes in uh then i'll try to book it Well, i will book it when i'm on my downtime so either take my holidays or if i know it's a easier work time i'm gonna be around that's when i book those in so it kind of it all feeds together right
0: have you always been this organized? Is it like or is it something happened when you joined the military or kind of walk me through with Scott as a child.
1: <laughs> uh Scott as a child, good question. Wow, let's go back. Uh Scott as a child, kind of just floated through life. I uh, didn't really have to work that hard really like right through school all the way up to high school, I barely had to study. It's just stuff came naturally, right? And then I really got my first uh, wake up call when I got to university. My first semester at Royal Military College, and I went. I was in engineering and kept those same habits and routines. And guess what? It didn't go so well. And then I moved that engineering into a bachelor of arts program, and I, I did better, but it still was a lot of work in the t- in sorting myself out and getting myself organized. So I think from that, learning from that. It was about third year of university when I finally got myself started to get squared away and saying, okay, I got to actually get organized. I actually have to put effort in to get through university, have to get through this program because it's not an easy program. We take in about 200 people per year at the Royal Military College and we'll lose about easy 10% by the end of the first year. But at time, By the time that I graduate after uh, five years, five-year program, we lost anywhere from 15 to 20% of the folks for various reasons. So it's not an easy program to get to. It's not an easy program to get into, but so I had to definitely like square myself away and work at it, get organized and get focused at what I was actually doing.
0: So, I mean, I know for people like for myself, it it was one of the things that didn't come easy to me, but I didn't really put a lot of effort into it. And then once I actually, when I was in school, and then I went to, to college and, the different way of, of schooling and the different way I looked at things allowed me to take on the knowledge and put more time into it. Was there something that that happened to you? Did you have to change the way you looked at, at schooling when it wasn't that easy as it was previously? But yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I definitely had to look at it like I'm not going to learn everything just in class, right? I'm going to have to yeah. actually actually go back to my room in the evenings and do some work. Uh, I can't leave my papers to the last minute anymore. I can't be doing, you know, just oh, papers due tomorrow. Time to start write, doing my research and writing. That doesn't that doesn't work anymore. So I think from there then the planning skills started coming out, right? And started developing my own planning skills. And now I can, you know, I can help people plan down the future. Because like, okay, let's take these this big problem and we'll break it down into small chunks and we'll work at these small chunks individually, put it on a timeline, what needs to happen when, yada yada
0: was was there a moment that because you, so you left the previous uh previous major right because it was it was kind of difficult and overwhelming and then when you got into the 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 current major that you had or yep was there a moment where you're just like you know what I'm just gonna leave I'm not made out for for schooling anymore uh, no the
1: no then I, I probably the 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 time that I was closest um to to that was the actually um the first month of the first year and we we um joyfully nickname it hell week hell month so (laughs) it's nothing like a navy seals hell week but it's definitely a tough uh tough period of time you have absolutely zero time to yourself you're doing physical training twice a day you're you're up you're getting inspected every single day you go through morning pt inspection class all day you come back there's activity there's pt again there's activities you have four study time then there's evening routine inspections and then there's bed so there's absolutely zero time to yourself in there the only bit of zero a time that we had to ourselves were sunday mornings for a couple hours and that was it so you go through that for a full month and it was like getting close to my like oh my god i'm getting sick of this because i always been a little bit of a free spirit in terms of I like doing my thing i like doing my own thing which is ironic because I joined the military, but uh, I was getting close there. But I managed to get through that month and then start saying, okay, there's more to it after. This is just part of the game. Play the game, play it, play it with them, and get through it, and then life will be better on the other side. So that was probably the closest time. That was in the first year. Why, why did
0: you, what was your, your, your big reason for joining the military, being a, such a free spirit?
1: <laughs> Actually, I go back. Uh, so I grew up on the east coast of Canada, uh, Newfoundland. And everybody went to one of two places after high school. It was either Memorial University Newfoundland or the College of North Atlantic. And I was like, I am not going there. I'm gonna go somewhere. I'm gonna go somewhere completely different. I learned about the Royal Military College. Said, so I'm gonna go there. The ironic part of that is I went to the one college where everybody was exactly the same. Where we're wearing uniforms all day long. Everybody's doing the exact same thing every day long. But uh, it kinda I guess it kinda helped shape me, right? I am who I am today because of those experiences.
0: So so walking me through, I mean, you mean you started going up the ranks, started having people underneath you. Walk me through that experience of actually now being a leader.
1: It, it was eye-opening. Actually, I think one of the most eye-opening things was not when I was actually even in charge of it, in command of anything, but when I first got to my, my first one of my first unit, well, my first unit one service battalion in Edmonton and I walk in and, uh, there's, um, three warrant officers there. So non-commissioned members, I was a commissioned second lieutenant at the time. So by, by the books, I'm a higher rank than they are, They have to listen to me and all that jazz. And I'm talking to one of them and he goes, see, he goes 26 years, 28 years, 27 years. And I'm like, realize pretty quick, I'm 23 years old at the time. All these people have more years of experience in the military than I had alive. and I'm in charge of them. So it's pretty it was a pretty quick eye-opening experience. About a year and a half after that is when I got my first real command of being in charge of a platoon. I had up to 80, 84 uh, soldiers under me. And yeah. uh, I really had to rely on that warrant officer, right? That that critical senior NCO and rely on them for their experience. Because reality is I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to be an officer. I'm still learning how to be in the Army. I'm learning what it means to lead people and how your decisions can impact their lives and all this stuff. So that is really like the building block experience there. And then as I started going up, then I started getting more and more responsibilities, right? I
0: mean that that idea of listening and, and taking the guidance from those other people that have kind of already been there, I think is um, a very a very wise way of looking at things. And for an individual like yourself that went up the ranks really fast at such a young age, I mean, you'd think there'd be some overconfidence a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, you know I've always been a bit of a humble guy too, so the humility helped me there and realizing you know these these people have uh, a lot more experience than I do, and I can you know grab what I can from them take it in learn from their their experience so i don't have to go through what they went through obviously and then add my own flavor to it right so uh steve piccolo was was one guy that i worked with for a while vance mcgrath was another guy i worked with for a long while and the lessons those guys passed me i've taken in and now i'm using them in kind of my own way it's it's something you don't really see in the civilian world at all because most people, when they get in charge of a team, is like, well, I'm in charge of the team, and then I'm not, I don't necessarily have to listen to my subordinates. Whereas in the military, in the beginnings, really in the first years, you're actually really encouraged to do so for those reasons. Because these guys have, ladies and gentlemen, have so much experience that at the age of 23, 24, 25, whatever it be, you're not going to have. But you have to try to get those lessons as quick as possible
0: so for the people you coach i mean i think that's just a great life lessons for for a lot of people for the people you coach how many of them do you have to actually make them take a step back and say you don't know it all you know
1: you kind of basically listen to your subordinates every single one especially today right (laughs) especially today because there's such a wide range of everything the world's so diverse today you know uh, for you you're you're in real estate right yeah but are you a marketing expert are you, yeah. are you a social media expert, right? Yeah. Are, are you a contracts expert? Like, you know, you're really good at talking and, and doing the business and showing people homes and showing the value of the home and doing some negotiations and stuff like that. But you still have to have those things going. So if you're in charge of a team and you have a social media expert, you know, a person who does social media on your team, you have this person who does marketing on your team and they come to you. You can't be, have the arrogance to think that you know it all in their domain, even though you're in charge of them. So that's how I kind of frame it in this day and age. And yeah. people could start getting it relatively quickly. Like, no, you you have people. You're the overarching. You provide the vision. You provide the intent. You provide where you want the place to go. They come to you with options. And then you you know, based off of your experience and what you know where you want to go, then you start picking the options that best suit that, right?
0: Yeah, No. I, and I agree. I mean... So what So what, hap- what? happened? How did you get from being in the military and then doing coaching? I mean, I know there's a synergy there, yet how did it kind of come across? How did it, this business start?
1: It started back in 2009, I would say. Okay. And uh, I deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan. And uh, the deployment I did was a little bit different than most people. I actually deployed directly embedded with members of the Afghan National Army. And I was essentially a coach for my seven months there. I was day in, day out coaching them on how to conduct military sustainment operations. Didn't live with them, but every, uh, other than that, day in, day out, I was with this unit. I was with the soldiers. I was with the officers, helping them plan operations, helping them execute operations side by side with them day in, day out for seven months. So that was really my first taste of coaching. Fast forward to the end of that deployment. And lo and behold, I get promoted. I get posted what we refer to as posted or stationed or whatever you want to call transferred to our train or my training school. And again, I was in charge of 50 odd guys who uh, we were in charge of uh, doing the, uh, our military driver occupation training. So we're doing that. And then I was in charge of actually planning the training for our entire training center, which is up to 4,000 students per year. So I was really getting into that whole coaching mentorship thing right through those years. Now I tried a couple of different little side hustle businesses with a friend of mine, didn't work out. And then finally I started, I was working with another uh, site doing podcasts and stuff like this, the tech site, which is now long gone. But anyway, the moral the story is I got into the podcasting. I'm like, you know what, maybe this is the route. Maybe this is the route for me to start You know, preaching my message, talking about leadership on the podcasting route. And I, I started there. And I started getting some traction. I'm like, okay, this is starting to work. I'm start people are starting to hear me. They're starting to listen to me, and then I slowly started building the pieces on from there. Because I was still working full time job. The job I was at when I started that podcast, I was actually deployed over 200 days in two years in ten different countries for different missions. Oh wow! So <laughs> I was busy, right? But it was something to keep me busy in the evenings when I wasn't at work or when and I was home.
0: Well, so for I mean. I've had a lot of people on the the podcast that that have jumped right they've had to quit their their monthly income they're getting from their their current business and kind of jump into the new profession for for you you have a almost a different situation where you have probably that monthly income it sounds like yet you're starting a business what drives you to, to build this business to help other people what drives you
1: it's, it's that helping other people aspect because for some reason that's a that's a huge value of mine. I, I enjoy helping other people and it's always been that way for me. But reality is it, it's super um, not ego uh, self-centered and that is I'm actually planning my escape. Oh, okay. Right? I'm planning down the road for my eventual retirement from the forces. So I got uh, this summer will be 19 years of service complete. 25 years is my pension point. So that's six years from now. So... My goal is to be able to establish myself deep enough in this space so that I can leave the forces at 25 years and and turn my focus completely to moving forward leadership full time, and then expand my client base even more than that. But I, I need that, you know, that basically to have that name, right? I need that authority in the space because it's full. There's so many people out there that are doing this. Uh, I need some street cred, right? And the only way I can you can build street cred is over time slogging it through and yeah. I figured, you know, what? give myself eight years of headspace. uh, make sure I'll enjoy it. Make sure I like it, build that, that credibility. And then by the time I'm ready to flip over from uh, military to civilian, I can walk in the uniform. I can go ahead in my office and start working on it full time.
0: Makes sense. So, so you're giving yourself a, a seven year roadmap from yeah. today to get, to get out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, so, What's been some of your, your biggest hurdles? I mean, I know the idea of actually sitting down and studying for when you're in school, and that was one thing right there. But has there been any really big ones where you're just like, the path I'm on is not working or anything like that?
1: It, the biggest hurdle for me is, is the balance of time, right? From my full-time job uh, as, as a military officer to being a husband, a father of two young, really young boys and to doing this on the side. My wife as well, she has a busy occupation. She has a career that takes her places, that keeps her away from home sometimes. So how do I balance all that out? And it really was a good conversation we did with my wife. And we are like, okay, certain days of the week is when are the only times when I'm going to work on this. And I, I schedule that out. I'm like, okay, she understands. We have an agreement between us. Evenings and, and certain days is when I'm going to work on moving for leadership, working with my clients, doing the podcasting thing, what have you. And the rest of the time is with the family, with her. Uh, daytime is obviously I'm I'm busy working. It's funny that you mentioned schooling though, because right now I'm actually doing a master's program for the military, so I'm balancing that aspect too. <laughs> so, do you, so do you have a, a calendar? What do you write it down or a Google Calendar? What do you use? Yeah, it's just a good old Google Calendar. Uh, okay. we have a share we have a shared calendar between my wife and I yeah. uh, so all the family events is in there i know we both know when the boys have whatever events my son has gymnastics my oldest son has gymnastics medical appointments we have friends visiting people in town my my podcast interviews are in there my coaching calls are in there so that we we both we kind of deconflict right we we look at our calendar and go okay this is what's go- going on this upcoming week and we both know and, and having those set times really helps us because then she knows, OK, Tuesdays, Thursdays from these times, I get to do my own thing. My wife gets to watch her shows that I don't really enjoy. And then I get to do my thing. Right. And the rest of the time is with the with the family.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's so funny. I, that was going to actually be my next question, because one of my coaches actually told me that is when, you, when you're significant another is give them access to your calendar so they can put in events or times. So that's their time together with you.
1: Yeah, just That's a great. shared calendar works great, and Google makes it easy, right? Just a little shared calendar between between you and your your significant other, and you just deconflict. And we kind of we have a quick chat over the calendar every now and then. We open, up, oh, okay, what's going on? And I'm sure as as our children get older, my my oldest is four and a half right now, my youngest is one and a half. But as they get older, they get more activities going on. Then it's like, okay, who's in charge? Who's responsible for pickup? Who's responsible for drop off? and deconflicting all that. And it just saves those headaches, saves those, those headaches, those potential fights, but at the same time gives you flexibility because now you know where your free time is and where it's not.
0: That makes sense. Now, if you could talk to maybe someone else, that's in, other people that are in the military, they're looking for their exit strategy. I mean, you're doing this at, at six years out. So that's I mean, great planning. What kind of advice would you give maybe other people in the military profession that are looking for an exit strategy? Maybe they only have a year, two years, three years. What kind of advice do you think you'd give?
1: Uh, start thinking about it ASAP, right? You need you need to start yeah. thinking about that because there is life after the army. I know too many people who just, they're retiring. I saw it so many times. People have just been in the military. And for whatever reason, maybe they're retiring on their own uh, agenda, or maybe they're being medically released because something happened to them and they can't serve the way that they need to serve anymore. And, and they're unfortunately being medically released. So you got to start, you got to have a plan. You got to think about what you would like to do. What's life going to look like after being in the military? What are your hobbies and your passions? Cause leadership was just something that came to me. It came to, as a natural hobby and passion, but there's all kinds of people out there, all kinds of different hobbies and passions. Maybe it's woodworking. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's uh, rifle repair. Maybe it, you know, construction, maybe it's contracting, maybe it's art, whatever well, start doing that now. Get into your fingers. Use that hobby to start building your reputation, so that as you transition out and you want to go ahead and start your own business on the, with that hobby, then you got some reputation. You have some street credit. You have some. You have a following. Uh, one of the, one of my closest senior NCOs, he was actually my sergeant major, so my right hand man when I was a squadron commander of two hundred folks. He's retiring soon, and uh, funny story actually. Uh, so he, he's having a retirement ceremony we call it depart with dignity all members get it so we often do what's called shadow boxes i.e put like your medals and badges and things that are important to the member in those things so that they can go ahead and put it up on their wall at home and be proud of the service that they did one of the things i was going to get i saw online was from a serving member who's a woodworker and that person was advertising uh, the crest of that my sergeant former sergeant majors occupation engraved in wood. And I was like, Oh my God, that's gorgeous. I'll get that as a gift for him. So I order it and lo and behold, um, my friend Gaetan messaged me. Hey, Hey, check this out. And he shows me a picture of his shadow box. And sure enough, inside the shadow box is the exact same thing I was planning on buying for him, but it's from the exact same member, right? So you can see it. That person's already building a following within the community, the military community, of this, this is the type of service that I'm providing. These are, you know, these are the goods I can provide. And both him and I were going to buy, well, he bought it and I was going to buy the exact same thing.
0: Well, I mean, it it makes sense. There was a need right there. No one really understood the need until that one person figured it out and started going, you know, I'm a woodworker. I can do this.
1: Yeah. And find that niche, right? It's all about finding that niche. And this is a super big uh, niche every year, Hundreds, if not thousands, of members retire from the forces one way or another, and people get gifts, retirement gifts for them. And those shadow boxes or the uh, branch crests in wood are great gifts for people that people just really enjoy. So, uh, that person now, that member now, has definitely carved out a, a little niche for them where they can go ahead and work in, build their skills, right? Because they're getting, they're, get, they're improving their skills at woodworking as it is, they're follow, building that following. And now they're gonna. Once they retire, they can move into that full time and maybe expand. Maybe you can go do something for people who retire, you know, as a realtor, or people who retire from business, or people who retire from the RCMP. It doesn't really matter. Once you get down those skills down pat, I'm sure he can turn it wood into anything.
0: So, what's what's next for the chief leadership officer?
1: Uh yeah, I'm. I'm definitely working. I got a few different things in the back of my mind. I I have been picking at for quite a long time, uh, a book that I want to publish. It'll probably be a self-published book. I do have one ebook out already, and that's the nine foundations leadership, but this one's going to be a more encompassing book on leadership. Uh, I definitely, my next plan, once I get uh, finished my master's program, will be building an online course for team, team building, team bonding, team development. And, and the, the way I divide moving forward leadership is I focus on what I call the three domains of leadership. And that is leading yourself, leading your team, and leading your organization. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> leading yourself is pretty self-explanatory. How you become yeah. a better leader, how you how you deal with stress, how you you know, mindfulness, all these different aspects. Teams is how you lead individuals, how you lead the person. Organization is All about, you know, efficiency, effectiveness, how you manage your organization, organizational culture, organizational structure, all these types of topics. So it's slowly becoming a building set of online courses that I'll provide. So Pargoals program, which is leading yourself, I've put that one out. And that's out there for people now to sign up and then go ahead and follow along at their own pace. The team building one's going to be the next one where they can learn about, you know, my, my advice on how. To build teams and inspire their people.
0: And, and let's say someone's looking to reach out to you for some one on one coaching or some group coaching. What's the best way of them finding you?
1: Movingforwardleadership.com is my uh, website. If you go there, you'll just see a contact me. I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, email. You, you can Whatever way you get a hold to me, I will reply pretty quickly. And if you want some coaching, I am definitely, I, I do have some slots open. I am limited due to my master's program right now. So I'm only looking at taking on one or two more clients at this time. So if someone's interested in some one-on-one leadership coaching, if you're working through a program, something like that, reach out to me and I can definitely uh, help you out.
0: That's always one of the best lines, right? We only have one, one, maybe two more spots available. I I
1: tell you, you, man, like uh, I'm, some people recognize I've been a little bit antisocial here uh, during the course. (laughs) 'Cause I'm doing the podcasting, I'm doing some coaching work too. So I actually blocked off this evening to uh hang out with my friends because what's happening is I'm I live here in Toronto during the week, but my family's still back in Kingston, Ontario Kingston, which is two and a half hours down the road. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm doing all this during the week and I go home and do family time during the weekend, right? So I spend my evenings working on uh moving forward leadership slash studying, slash writing a sixteen thousand word paper <laughs> oh
0: my gosh that's that's wild two and a half hours each way Whew. well hey you know what? thanks scott for, for being on the podcast thank you i mean i'm glad we were finally able to get this together i think you gave a lot of great insight and anyone listening right now if, if you're looking for some coaching i mean if you're looking to just to get organized i think that's one of the biggest things that I, that I took away is the organization that you have for everything in your life and for what you can provide to your the clients the people you, you help out
1: yeah, uh, yeah, I can help out uh, people. If, if if organization, if they want someone to just bounce out organization ideas off, it's definitely one of the things I am now for sure is organized because I, I need to be. My, my life is just chaos as it is. It would be pure chaos if it wasn't organized. So if that if that's a problem, problem set for you, yeah, we can definitely run through things. If uh, setting some personal goals is a problem set for you, we can definitely run through that because I provide one-on-one coaching through the Power Goals program as well. Or if it's leadership, wanting to learn uh, how to lead your team better, we can definitely talk about that as well. So just shoot me a message. Tell me what your problem set is and we can definitely talk.
0: Thanks again, Scott. Have a great one. And thanks everyone Eddie. listening, uh, please subscribe, please share, Raz Review. Thanks.